0: Welcome to V is for Victory, a podcast about how small businesses overcome big battles. I'm your host, Jill Miller of Vera Creative, a boutique marketing firm in the Chicagoland area where I'm also a part-time professor of an advertising course. Join me as I talk with entrepreneurs about the challenges they face as well as their strategies for success. Hey guys, make sure you check out the link in my episode notes for Earthly. I'm sure you've heard me talk about being green or crunchy, using products with minimal ingredients, our clean journey for our family. Well, this is where I do most of my shopping. Everything from sunscreens to bug repellents, household cleaners, lotions, deodorants, soaps for the kiddos. I love this company and I know that you will too. Give their products a try and let me know what you think. Hey, everybody. Welcome to V is for Victory. Today, my guest is Pedro Meneses and I'm super pumped, Pedro, to have you on because I've been following you on social media. We, I think we got connected through Jen Radistitz. Shout out to Jen, financial advising everyone, um, about a year ago. And for whatever reason, I've just been following you online since then, and you're one of my favorite social media accounts, and that's saying a lot. Because I hate social media. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, so I'm super pumped to finally have you on the show. Pedro, what's going on?
1: Thanks for having me. I'm excited and appreciate you. Following me and, and <laughs> liking all my weird shit that I post sometimes too. Oh, you know? so.
0: oh, well, we just talked about how weird I am, so I embrace the weird. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, no, that's awesome. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah. So first, just tell, like, first, tell my listeners um, what it is you do to make money, because <laughs> I know you're very successful in a number of different ways, and then maybe we'll get into the background and your background, because I I want to dive into that too and ask you some some pretty Directed questions, I guess.
1: Absolutely, yeah. We can get as real as you want it. Cool. So that's that's okay. Yeah. So I mainly do real estate. I've been doing it for, I mean, solid four or five years almost. I believe. That's. I started sick. doing marketing. I did mark. Yeah, sales and marketing for a while. Yeah, you know, that's crazy. That's it. Actually, you know what? It's about to be four years since I started in real estate. My wife Kayla, she started before me, and and you know, you're right, and I I, I understand. The phase you're making because I was actually just thinking about it a couple of days ago, you know. Because sometimes we get so stressed about, man, we feel like we're not moving forward, you know. We feel like, like, we're not achieving our goals and stuff like that. And then when I look back, man, it's like it's not even been four years and I have a multi-six figure business. Like, what am I talking about? You know, is it just because it's <laughs> not a million or a couple millions yet, but I'm halfway there? So it's like, like. Chill out, bro. It's like you're you're on the right path. Like in three years. Like, like it's been three solid years that we've been a hundred percent in real estate because I was doing some other stuff. I was distracted, right? Mm-hmm. But in three years, like like three of those two of those three years has been multiple six figures, you know? So it's like 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 chill out, man, you're doing great. Yeah, isn't
0: it, is it like I think as an entrepreneur, we just come equipped with um like a, a criticism for ourselves. Like, like, yeah. I don't know, like, we're just, I'm very hard on myself too. And then I'm, and then like, I was just saying, I was saying to somebody the other day, I'm like, actually I've been in business for 13 years and I've never not been profitable. That's saying something, right? Like, you know, <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I think most businesses, what fail within the first three years. So you've done multiple yes. six figures in the first three years. So it's like, yeah, no, you're, you're definitely on a trajectory of, uh, I mean, what I would consider success and not just because of the money. Um, but yeah, so, you, so okay, so you've only been in real estate for three years um, and you have a background in marketing, which obviously helps in real
1: estate. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I yeah. do things differently. No, I, I like to consider myself a not the, the normal realtor. As a matter of fact, I don't even call myself a realtor. I freaking hate realtors, by the way. You know, they're pain in the ass. <laughs> For real, like that's the truth. You know, There's, I do believe the real estate industry is full of people that is full of shit, and that's the truth. If somebody's listening to me, it can it doesn't matter. That's what <laughs> that's my opinion. Which is why, you know, we've been pivoting more towards the investment side. You know, uh, because a real uh, so a retail side of business is running on its own. Like I don't need to do any marketing. I have some uh, very strategic referral partnership that they send those leads all the time. Plus, I have a very active social media account, so. I get referrals every almost every week. I have new referrals, so it's running on its own. So right now, I'm just implementing all the investment side with wholesaling and and things like that, and and it's actually paying better. So that's where we are right now.
0: So what? Oh, tell me the story, like about how you came to think real estate agents are shitheads, and like what you <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what? Like is there a reason that you say that? I'm okay, so backing up, real estate is the bane of my existence right now. My husband and I have been looking <laughs> for a house for like a year. And we, anytime we find something, we finally want to put a contract in, oh guess how many other offers there are. And it's best and final offer by X amount of time. And we never get chosen. And like, we go over asking non-contingent as is like Flexible closing day. I mean, we, anything we can possibly offer that isn't just stupid and on our end, you know, we offer and we have not gotten a house and it's been, I mean, over a year probably now. So it's very frustrating. And I've seen the snakes, right? Like I have seen, oh, like, oh, you just got into one. We actually put, we got an accepted contract and my agent was like, that was too easy. So she goes digging. Turns out it's a, it's a short sale, but they never They never Mm -hmm. mentioned that, Are that we found that during attorney review, but that would just, I mean, we were non-contingent. We can't do a short sale on a a non-contingent offer. We got three kids. We we can't be homeless, you know? So I've, I've seen it from a customer perspective, from a, from a buying perspective, but what do you see as an industry professional where other professionals are lacking? And then how do you approach it differently?
1: Well, you know, I think that, so, and especially here in Texas, because I don't know, in other states, I think there's, they require like 80, 90 hours to get a license here in Texas is 180 hours, somewhere around that. It's a pain in the ass. But (laughs) when I got my license, I I never, everything that I went through that freaking 180 hours, I never used any of that other than just like the legal stuff and, and things that you have to stay compliant and all that stuff. Yes. But the reality is that I have built myself and I have educated myself through my mentors, my network and all that stuff, because at the end of the day, business is business, right? So same principles, same models. There's nothing, there's there's no secret under the sky that, oh, this is how you do real estate businesses and this is how you do marketing businesses. It's the same shit. It's the same. You have to pretty, pretty much implement the same structures, right? So one of the problems that I see is that realtors get their license and they don't educate themselves first. Second, most of these brokers out there, they offer you a bunch of stuff. And it's almost like like they accustom the agents to always be like, oh, what is in it for us? Right. Mm-hmm. So they don't mm-hmm. get they don't they don't sharpen their skills in marketing, in lead generation, in negotiation, and other things. Like I talk, so if I if I come across your, for example, and I can guarantee you this with the realtor that you're working, and ask, start asking here about uh creative finance and stop two. Um, seller financing and other things like that, they have no freaking clue what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. they don't educate themselves. All they had to do is like, show a home, sign a contract, close it, and that's it, you know, and they don't leverage the, 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 the resources, you know, from day one, I have never touched a piece of document in, on the retail side because we all, I always had a transaction coordinator. I always have people in my, in my, in my team helping me doing all that stuff. Like, if I lose my transaction coordinator right now, and Kayla <laughs> becomes unable, like I would not not to, I don't, I would not not know what to do with all the paperwork because I never touch it. First, because that's not my 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 strong suit. Mm-hmm. I'm a salesperson. I'm I, I put my face out there. I like to talk to people. I, I sell stuff, you know, but I don't do paperwork. Thank God now we have SOPs. We have everything documented, so if something happens, I can refer to that. But still, I don't touch any of that. So I try to leverage things, right? But agents, I see agents that they've been doing this longer than me. And they'll still write in the freaking contracts. Like, what are you doing? You know, (laughs) I I have agents calling me sometimes on a Saturday at eight o'clock. And I don't answer my phone. It's like, why you don't answer my phone? Because I'm with my family. (laughs) Yeah, but I have a question. like, Well, you can wait until Monday. Well, you don't work on Sundays. No, I don't work Sundays. And a lot of people get so like, I can't believe like, like how you can take Sundays off because I can, because I control this. This shit doesn't control me. Mm, You know? Yeah. Uh, And so again, but it's all part of how you structure your business. But the problem is that most agents, they have an employee mentality. They think that they're entrepreneurs, but they're not entrepreneurs. You're just another employee for another broker that you're giving six, seven, 30, 40% of your commission. So don't tell me that you're an entrepreneur. You're just another employee.
0: Yeah. Who thinks he's an an
1: entrepreneur, you know? So I don't operate. That's why I never got along with big brokers. I hated it so bad, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but now that we are with some friends that they're independent just because we, unfortunately, if you don't have a broker license, there's no much you can do, but right. we're in the process to get that broker license. So I can be hundred percent free and do whatever the hell I want.
0: <laughs> I love that. So where does this kind of shark mentality come from? How are you, how were you raised? Where does that play into all this?
1: Well, you know, I don't think it comes from, you know, it's hard to tell that, that this type of mentality comes from the way I was raised. But it was definitely an instinct that I always had, you know, because I grew up in Guatemala. I'm from Guatemala. So I was born and raised there, um, grew up in a really good family. My My dad be, be, built a really successful company. So they spoiled me when I was a little kid, <laughs> went to private school. Like I was that little brat that like they will ask, like, where do you want to go? You know, instead of like I was commanding my parents. That's how spoiled I was. So I don't think any of that served me. But you know, when I think about my life and I look back, it's like I always was—I was the worst student. I hate school. I hated it with all my soul. I always got into trouble. I—I I never liked people telling me what to do when I was—even when I was a kid. You know, like I, that was a big problem for me. And then it's like, oh, you have problems with authority? No, I don't have problems with authority. I just don't—I don't like t- don't you telling me what the fuck to do with my life. You know, <laughs> it always bothered me. And I never yeah. understood why, you know? So people always told me, you're never going to succeed. You're going to be a complete failure. Like, you're always getting into trouble. All you do is partying and drinking, you know, when you turn 18 and you start doing all that crazy yeah. stuff. Yeah. So um, even when, when I graduated, well, I I guess they just gave me the opportunity to graduate high school because I think <laughs> I did deserve it, to be honest with you. I think they were just like, we need to get this motherfucker get out of here because- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I repeated two years. That's how bad of a student I was. I was not stupid. I just didn't like it, you know? But when I got to college, I started getting into marketing. I, I went to, to business school for marketing and I was like, man, why I'm such a good student at this? Because I enjoy it, you know? So that's when I started like having all these questions. It's like, I'm not really stupid. Like I thought I was, you know? I just didn't like what they were wanting me to study. Like, so so what's going on here? So throughout my Twenties till I was twenty four I struggled with a lot of that, you know, like I felt like I didn't fit in 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 my family or, or in my circle of friends It's like mm-hmm. I don't fit here, you know it's like it's it's weird like like I feel yeah. like I feel like a big prison what I'm living in mm-hmm. so at that point, I was engaged uh everything went to hell, then I convinced my dad to to cover all the expenses to go to Costa Rica to try to finish college, and I went there for a year. I did great. Went back to Guatemala pursuing that woman that I was engaged with just to make things even worse. <laughs> so that was when I was 24. And then, you know, that's when it hit me. You know, I was like, what in the hell I'm doing with my life? I'm looking around. I'm single. I'm living in my mom's house. I have no job. I have no money, have no career. All my friends are graduating from college or they're starting families or they're, having, they're starting, they're finding good jobs. It was not my goal to get a good job when I always started a business. But I, I mean, for what success looked like for them, it's like they're doing it, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, it was a really bad time when I was 24. You know, I was like, like really just depressed, of like looking at my life and it's like, man, I'm just such a loser. Like, what am I doing? So
0: that's not funny, you know, but
1: it's funny.
0: <laughs> I know, <laughs> no, it is. You know, but man, I'm a loser.
1: Yeah, I remember, for real. I was literally half drunk, sitting on my balcony smoking a cigarette. It's like, dude, I'm such a fucking loser. <laughs> for real, that was a conversation going through it, and you know, and I felt so bad. It's like, I think I never were your felt parents so sad
0: pushing you at all, or were they still kind of coddling you?
1: Because that's just kind of how you grew up. It sounds like maybe
0: a little bit coddled. Well, so were they like enablers? Kinda. So they were here. yeah,
1: they were doing kind of both, but they wanted to control me. You know, my mm-hmm. my dad because. I, I, I used to like the the I still like the, the the restaurant business and I was trying to start a catering business. Mm. And but my dad is like, yeah, I'm going to help you. And then the couple of months that we try to start something, all, all he was telling me was like, yeah, you suck at this or like you don't have what it takes to you don't know what it means to build a business. So, yeah, but I need to do something so I can learn, you know, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, they try to cuddle me, but at the same time, they will give me what I needed. And at the same time, they were trying to control me. You need to find a job, and you need to get serious, and you need this and this and that. And I just got so freaking tired of it. So, you know, I found, I remember that same night. I was like, God, just give me one more chance. Like, uh, like I'm for real. Like, like give me one opportunity. If, if I fuck this up, like, I don't care if I need to die. Whatever that looks like, just give me one more chance. That's all I need. And a couple of weeks later, the opportunity showed up. Was and what- our friend's house? He's like, man, I'm going back to the US, man. I'm not doing anything like, like, positive with my life here. And he grew up in a very similar environment and I as I did, probably even more spoiled because he will go to the street club and literally run the entire credit card uh <laughs> and do a bunch of stupid stuff like that. <laughs> so, you know, at that point, I was like, man, can you talk to the to your people? Maybe there's uh maybe they need someone else, and I'll I'll be willing to go like. Like, fuck it. I don't want to be here anymore. Like, I'm tired, you know, of being here. It's like, I feel like I cannot be around my family. So long story short, the opportunity showed up, told my mom, hey, mom, a couple of friends back from Costa Rica, they have a bitch house in Virginia Beach, and they invited me for a couple of weeks. I will be back before Christmas. And literally that year packed all my shit and left and never looked back.
0: Have you ever been to being... the U.S. before then?
1: Yeah, of course. Like, oh, okay. we always travel here. Or vacations I know oh, like the, okay. the typical family going to Disney World and all that stuff uh, I actually all have, right. I have family in California too it feels so bad for them but
0: oh, yeah. <laughs> right why would anybody yeah. willingly be there are they just are they prisoners do we need to get them out
1: Probably. yeah <laughs> anyway so um yeah no it was it's not my first time but I just moved and never looked back you know and that's what all these crazy journeys started like 11 years ago December of these year Here's going to be 11 years ago. And actually right now in two days, this Saturday, I'm going back for the first time.
0: I did read about that on your social media. So I know so much about your life. (laughs) It's scary. (laughs) (laughs) This is why I don't like social media. I don't want people up in my business like this. Um, Yeah, no, I read that. So uh, when, and you recently became a citizen or is that like, uh, it was like a couple months ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. The whole process. You did the whole thing.
1: Yeah, so when I moved here, well, pretty much six months later, because they give you six months when you have a tourist visa, right? Six months in, I was like, okay, I'm staying. I'm not going back. Fuck that. <laughs> That's why I stayed. I literally spent a couple of years illegal, and then I met my wife 2017, at the end of 2017, got married, all that stuff, and we started the process, you know, and around, yeah, it was a, a, like the end of 2008 the third quarter 2018 is when i started the the process to get the green card and all that stuff and and legalize my situation and yeah last year in october last year i got my my citizenship
0: that's so awesome and i just remember like you were you were so proud of it you had such an eloquent post about opportunities in america and like why do you think people here think they have it so bad
1: (sighs) Like, because it is true, you know, like people don't understand, you know, and that's what really drives me crazy, especially with what's happening for the past few weeks. Like, like, and uh, to be honest, even probably most of your listeners, you guys don't understand how good you have it, you know, like we can still have this conversation, talk shit and do whatever we want. There's no opportunities like this somewhere else, anywhere Mm -hmm. else. Like I give you an example in Guatemala, there's no such thing as an entrepreneurship that shit doesn't exist i mean obviously there's people that they start like small businesses but it's more of like a mom and pop mentality type of thing you know or just like really random businesses and or like most like side hustle kind of business but there's no such thing as like self-development and things like that you know Mm -hmm. and i was talking to someone yesterday we were talking about uh all this crazy situation with the homeless people in california right and he mentioned something really important yeah but you know they keep getting all these hangouts and i was like you know what keeps the third world countries third world countries and people in such poverty the fucking hangouts that's that's what keeps them poor you know because what they do every 4 years yeah we're going to solve the problems we're going to give you this bag every month with all your your basic needs meaning like they give you like bread and sugar and things like that and mm-hmm. rice and all that stuff and they just keep giving 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 in order for them to like, hey, okay, we can trust in this guy. But then that creates a mentality when then a year into it, it's like, well, this new government is not delivering, but they already have this mentality, right? This, this condition in their mind that instead of demanding accountability, they're demanding more hangouts, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So that's what yeah. keeps them poor. And that's where we're going if we don't get our shit together here in America. Yeah. You know an
0: extreme victim mentality here, especially with the younger generations. Exactly. I think.
1: Yeah. That's yeah. the reason why you see this new this generation like being such a victim because that's what given everything like don't do not do not work hard, don't do this, don't do that, just be weak, right? Because that's what they want. It's like Andrew says, right? They want you weak, they want you fat, they want you sick. Yeah. Right. They, they want, want you poor. High. <laughs> yeah. They want you high, they want you to either shitty like aesthetic food, <laughs> yeah, and you know all that meat. stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fake meat and all that shit, so you can be controlled yep. by that, right? Yeah, so
0: I agree.
1: It's it's, it's a big problem, and, and it bothers me, you know, because it's like I came here seeking an opportunity, and I found it, and I'm not gonna, not, I'm not gonna miss that opportunity, you know.
0: I don't think you I, found it. I think you created it.
1: I, I would think say that's both, like, maybe, you know, yeah, yeah, because I think I always think that. Like, yeah, God gives you the opportunity to do something, right? So But it's up to you. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, if I wouldn't take that risk 11 years ago, I wouldn't be here. If I would be like, he presented the opportunity. Okay, go. Go figure this shit out. Figure what you want to do with your life. And I did, you know? And and the reason why I can say that is because the friend that brought me here and his cousin, right? His cousin was in the same place as, as me. Like, meaning... He was illegal at some point. We were on the same path. We worked together for most of the time. Uh, the first year here, uh, my friend who connected me, he stayed in Virginia. We kept traveling, moving to other places, doing the the work that we were doing. And we all have the same opportunities. But he took the wrong path. He decided to be an asshole, to do things the wrong way, to just be doing stupid things. And he ended up in the position where he got deported, you mm. know? So, Hmm. because he made the wrong decisions. So I just keep doing the right decisions and that's why I'm here, you know? So that's how you get rewarded, right? You get an opportunity. Okay, what are you going to do about it, right? How are you going to steward your opportunities? Because if you don't steward them correctly, you're not going to, you're going to miss them. You know what I mean?
0: So how much, when there's an opportunity, like moving to the U S or moving, you talked about moving, you know, every couple of years doing what you guys were doing, like, how much do you feel a pull from God or a higher power? How much is into, like, how much do you follow your intuition? Like, what's the balance there? What do you have to say about that type of,
1: well, you know, when you don't have anything, that's the only thing that you have, because the reality is that, especially when you're in a place that you don't know, right. Because. Now it's different, but the first few years when I live in different places, it's like America is so big that every single city is different. <laughs> you know, it's like a different country, yeah. pretty much. So you have to adapt. But then when you find yourself in a place where, like, I did have a bank account, right? But I couldn't deposit all the money, right? I couldn't raise any red flags. I had to drive like spit limit, I had to be very careful. because one bad not really one bad movie then you're fucked right
0: yeah
1: and then there's a lot of stuff happening around you like when i was in colorado in 2016 it was like when the media was making all this noise about trump deporting everybody right
0: Mm, so
1: and so at that point i didn't understand also what i understand now when it comes to politics and all this stuff so and even if it wasn't truth you know still have that chip in the back of your head because like like you're illegal so it can literally happen to you yeah so when you really don't have anything that's the only thing that you depend on you know like you have to listen to it you have to like really pay attention to like that gut feeling like uh should i do this should i should i not do this it's 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 probably i i always try to confirm it you know and i always ask for all these people opinion and as in in a way where they can just give me like a different advice to see if I, okay, this actually feels better.
0: Mm, yeah. I like so,
1: that. You know? So it's like, kind of
0: like trying on this advice and then you try on yeah. this and like, which one feels. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cool. But none of them feel right. So like probably do what my, my guts is telling me, you know?
0: Yeah. That's kind of funny too, because like And over the 13 years, I've never really, I've never had a mentor. I've never really asked anybody. uh, I I just make decisions and I make them fast. Um, And when I see myself kind of getting stuck or getting um, like, uh, what's the word? Unhappy with where I'm at. Like I'm losing my gratitude and all those things. It's like, it's because I'm listening to all the noise and I have to remind myself, like, I'm a good decision maker, clearly, or I wouldn't have been in business for 13 years, right? Yeah. So go back to your, go back to your roots, go back to your knowledge, your intuition, your own, um, you know, your own sense of knowing, because sometimes it's not about just needing to know more. It's just needing to act on what you already know.
1: <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's important to, now that you mentioned that, I think it's, it's also important to... um What is it called to find the right people? you know, that can actually help you because here's the thing. A lot of people tells you like, follow your heart. That's the stupidest thing you can ever oh, yeah. do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 <laughs> like... I'm not talking about, I'm not going to talk more about like decision yeah. making. not like, Oh, yeah. only do what makes me happy. Okay. Well, invoicing doesn't make me happy. Social media makes me fucking miserable, but I got to do those things. You know <laughs> yes, what I mean? Exactly. So, yeah. so yeah, no, I totally get that. And I think that's another problem with today's younger generations. Yeah. They grow up like, Oh, it doesn't make you happy. You know what? 90% of your job is probably, probably, Probably not going to make you happy, but the ten percent that is, focus on that and do it with with a happy heart. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. No, but what I was what I was going is like this is fine line. It's a really fine line, you know, because one of the things that have helped me even becoming better, like listening to my intuition, is just have the 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 right support, right? Meaning the right people, and that's why it's important that if you're gonna seek for advice, like for example, if I'm gonna need advice in in marketing, right? I know who I'm going to ask, right? Mm-hmm. If I need advice in, in marriage, I know who I'm going to ask, right? But I'm not going to ask. And you know, I think that's what a lot of people miss, the the mark, and that's what a lot of people kind of like say like, oh man, you cannot count on anybody. Well, you're asking somebody who's been on your third divorce now, asking about right. marriage advice, like what in the hell are you doing? And you really need to have the right people that you can seek counsel with and that can actually guide you, right? Because yeah, we have our intuition, but I believe that if you can have the right advice and you're surrounded with the right people, then you're going to save yourself a lot of problems. So maybe what you're going to take you two years to finish, you might do it in one. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. You can't be like, I always say in market about marketing, a brand can't be all things to all people, right? Like specify, narrow your focus, narrow your target. Don't think that yeah. you're, you're for everybody, you know, cause you're not. And it's kind of like that with people, there's not going to be one person in your life that can serve your every need and fulfill every role. Um, so I love that you bring that up. That's a really good point. And since we're kind of on that topic, who do you recall, like who was your first mentor and maybe um, talk about some of the impact that they left on you?
1: Well, you know, I started getting into like the self-development in 2000, around 2015, because I was in sales and I was trying to find some um sales training on YouTube and I came across Ryan Stuman. So I consider him my first mentor and probably the he's still my mentor until this day. (laughs) And um what impact he has in my life, man, I can spend a whole hour talking about that. Because you know I I feel like I I identify with him in a lot of ways. But it is I mean I've just been everything that you have seen me build is because I have learned from him primarily, hmm. you know, and, and just seeing the evolution and going from like being the hardcore closer to now being someone who is trying to build people and, and, and help people become the best version of themselves. And now having the opportunity to have like a more intimate relationship where we hang out with him and things like that, it just is, is probably the one that has a more impact in my life at this point. Besides, uh pastor keith craft which is stewman's pastor too
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is a uh, another good mentor i'm actually started mentoring with him this year so i will say those two have the most impact in my life
0: awesome that's awesome yeah well i guess you're a testament to bym because it worked on me <laughs> <laughs> so all i do is consume your social media and like i'm like ooh, good good meme pedro <laughs> i
1: love yeah, it it works but you know it goes beyond it goes beyond uh building your machine that is pretty much like the main topic that you can learn through apex and i think that's been the evolution of this of his of his network you know it's not only about building your machine it's it's, it's now it's just. The conversations that we are having in the room is more about like about legacy, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been talking recently about like just if you haven't noticed, I don't know if you follow him, but he started post stop he stopped posting about the Lambos and all that yeah. stuff, getting more real It's just because like he was saying I already had all this, like and and I just realizing that this is just a bunch of bullshit, you know. Like it's cool, yeah, I'm driving the car, or whatever, but like his jam now is spending time in the ranch you know every weekend with his kids and and it and and that's that's good you know because i think when you follow someone or not yeah i mean you always there's just people following you and you always have to follow someone right Mm -hmm. and you have to look at the evolution of that and one of the things that i at the beginning of this year when i was creating my goals for this year and all that stuff i did i I did pray and say to god listen i need you to Remove all bad leaders out of my life. Hmm. And I want you to put the right people that I know that I can rely on, that I know that they're a good example. And it starts happening. You have no idea how many people have walked away from my life, even big names, that everybody and their mother follow. And they like all this rah-rah bullshit. And they show their true colors. And they're Mm -hmm. not leaders. A lot of people have this idea that leadership is all this flashy stuff and the cars and the yelling at you on social media because you're stupid and fat and not look at me i'm I'm better looking and i have more money than you that's not leadership right you know and the way that you measure leadership is by the fruit like what are the results what are you like because they can talk all this all day long right but what are the results that they're having in their lives how their marriage looks like how their business looks like how their relationship looks like like how they actually act behind doors or when, not, when, not, when they're not in front in a ca- of a camera, you know? Like, what are their relationships with their wife? Like, those are the things that you have to look into in, in a leader, you know? So, a lot of people has been removed and the people that I listen now has come very small just because that's how I think, uh, that's how I see people now. It's like, okay, you call yourself a leader, so... How's your, how's your relationship look like? Right. How do you really act? Like, like, like I need to see that fruit in your life. And that's the thing. Like, if you want to find a good people, want to identify who's a good leader, look, the results are happening in their life. Not the shit they talk all day on social media.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I have such a hate relationship. It's not even a love hate. It's just a hate relationship with social media. <laughs> and I'll tell you, like, I was never, I, I don't, I'm not an apex. Um, I only know... Th- through of it, through people like Jen and Scott and, um, Mark, I'm doing a project with your boy, Mark Koretsky right now, helping him with <laughs> a little, little something, something. So, so all these people that are in Apex and they have this little side meeting group and they adopted me into it so kindly. Um, and, uh, and so when everybody started talking about Stuman and I was looking at his socials and it was a time when he was still posting all the Lambos and like, that doesn't impress me. And so from the outside looking in, I was really turned off by that because to me, that's who he was. He was like, I'm the money, spend the money, show how much money I spend type of guy. Right. So yeah. that never impressed me. Um, I've I've come to know more about the whole situation now. and And I appreciate that he's posting that less because that's what I need to see from somebody is the deeper level stuff. Right. Not the surface level stuff. So my question to you is, what impresses you?
1: What impresses me? The way you treat other people. That says a lot about who you are. Like, Like I was telling you, the money, all that stuff. Yeah, it's cool to have it, but how do you treat other people? You know, what impresses me? How do you treat other people? And most importantly, if you're married, how do you treat your wife or your husband? You know?
0: Yeah, I well, it's funny because some the people that I know that actually have the most money could literally pass for a bum on the street almost any day of the week. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. the, it's it's crazy, but um, yeah, they're not the flashy, they're, they're like the complete opposite of the Lambo. Um, but yeah, it, and then you talked about uh, how Steuben is talking more about leaving a legacy and um. I know that family is a priority for you. And I know that you guys are about to have your first child, correct? Hello, girl. (laughs) Um, So, talk about. (laughs) Yeah, you are. (laughs) I had a girl first, too, and I did not want a girl. And I felt the same way. And I thought, I'm one and done. And here I am now, three kids in. So, (laughs) Um, but but we had two boys after that. So, probably because the second one was a boy, we kept going. Talk to me about the legacy you want to leave for her and how you're going to do that.
1: Well, you know, it all starts with, because when people talk about legacy, right, they they, th- they think about the money, the inheritance and, and all that stuff. And, and, you know, it's good, but no, none of that's going to matter if I don't teach her um, the values, you know, and, and the type of person that she hopefully one day becomes with our example, right? I've been thinking about this recently for the past couple of days, just like, like, man, like just a big responsibility on my shoulders right now, you know, because I'm a huge believer. Uh, and before I, I I get more into that, you know, I for a month, probably now there's, I forgot what verse is, but it says, like, to whom much is given, much is required. Right. And I haven't been, did a podcast on it. I've been doing content about it and it hit me. Two weeks ago, on a Sunday, when we were with Steve Weather for at Steve Weather for his house, I don't know if you know him. He's a Super Bowl champion, and Stewman was there. Some other people in our circle, and then when I look around, it's like, dude, I cannot believe I'm in this room. No. You know, like the power because the people in there is very powerful people. And it's like, like I'm, I'm, I'm an outsider, man. Like I'm I'm not even from here. And look what I'm sitting. I'm sitting in this room in a Super Bowl champion's house. I don't belong here. You know.
0: Okay, can like, I interject there? Can I push back? Yeah. Are they powerful people because you give them that power to be powerful people? Are they normal everyday people or are they
1: powerful people because they're people normal because... everyday people? Yeah, and because they're yeah. building a legacy, that's why. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, so it was yeah. not. It was not like when you were like in. You get access to the VIP in a in a big event. No, there was a room with a lot of random people that I didn't realize. Like all of them in that group is people that that. They're not hiding their lives on social media. They're all respecting, like they 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 appreciate, like their wife or or girlfriend, whatever they're doing, right? Uh, Steve Weatherford has a big movement for men too, and 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 things like that. These people are building legacy, you know. So when I'm in that room, I'm like, man, what I was going is like I don't deserve to be here, but I'm here, you know. And this is something that has been given to me because being around these people, I learn a lot of stuff. That is gonna change my life, but at the same time that I'm having access to information, knowledge, and wisdom that is gonna help me build that legacy, it puts a chip on my puts a chip on my shoulder that I need to do something about this, right? So like I said, yeah, the money and all that stuff is good, but at the end of the day, like if I don't build her mentality first, her mindset, I don't teach her about core values, I don't teach her about integrity, I don't teach her about being excellent. And every single thing that she does, I mean, she's going to lose it all, you know, and she's not going to become someone um, that can be considered a successful person, you know, so everything starts with core values, and everything starts also with what is the vision and purpose that you have for your family, you know, so we have a mission statement as a family, we have our core values as a family, in the same way. You know, like, because I put it this way. So, okay, if I can, ha- if I have the opportunity to be in a room with people that are actually impacting lives, people that are changing life, people that are doing something beyond the fancy stuff that we see all the time on social media, right? And have a positive influence. Um, I mean, if I have access to this, it means that I have a responsibility now to use this in my life and steward this because it's it's, it's, it's information, right? Like the conversations in those rooms are conversations that... They don't happen anywhere else. So when you get to have access to this, it gives you that responsibility. It's like it's almost like if I giving you a hundred million dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Like right. Let's, let's put let's put a price to, to the conversations, right? This is a conversation that is worth $100 dollars. What are you gonna do about it? You're gonna keep it to yourself, or are you gonna go out there and multiply it? You know? So I believe everything that I've been experiencing in my life. The knowledge the wisdom that I've been gaining through my mentors and the people I'm surrounded with is just being it's something that has been preparing me for for now to start building this legacy and start passing down her and if we're gonna have more kids who knows right all this knowledge and wisdom something that they nobody can take away from them you know but it starts with your core values right it starts like and core values is nothing else but what what mattered the most to you right? And what is like the standard that you, that you setting for your family? And that's, that's where it starts. Like I have a, I know the standard that I want for my family. I have a responsibility and the chip on my shoulders to be an example for her, because I don't want her to be dating a douchebag when the time comes, you know, <laughs> because I'm going to have to shoot that motherfucker. So,
0: <laughs> yes. oh but, it's, but,
1: but, but like, but who, who's, whose responsibility? That's my responsibility. Mm-hmm. Like one of my friends in this circle told me, you have to think, he was like, I just want you to keep this in mind. And he was mentoring me for like six weeks at the beginning of this year. You're not raising a daughter. You're raising a future leader. Mm. And it's your responsibility to make sure that when you're not here anymore, that she's the next leader that is going to carry out all everything that you everything that you have built. So, So it's your responsibility to build her as a leader, as someone who's going to do things right. You know what I mean? But you don't do that with money. You do that with core values, with the knowledge and wisdom that you can pass on to your generations.
0: Was, was this the 24-year-old version of Pedro?
1: Like, oh, hell sh- no.
0: Okay. Like, how, what was the shift then?
1: The shift, <clears throat> I think, started in 2015 when I started learning, like, a motivational video. You know, because I remember back then in 2015, when you started seeing all these motivational videos on YouTube, it put like a compilation of a bunch of people speaking. Mm -hmm. That was, I believe that was the seed, you know? Do you
0: remember which one it was or like something that started. out? I don't remember. It was something
1: about, it was one of those videos, it was like Tony Robbins and I don't remember the name of the other people, but you know what motivational videos I'm talking now they're so popular back then, they were not popular in 2015. They were just getting, they were just getting started with that. But that was the seed, you know?
0: That's that was so the scene cool. that
1: that was the scene that was like, man, this is so cool. And then you start with the motivation, right? That's where everybody starts, like the rah rah bullshit, right?
0: Yeah, they start with the rah-rah bullshit, but most people just consume it. They don't act on it.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. That that's the problem, you know. So but you have I believe that at some point, and this is and this is what happened. So 2015 I started listening to motivational stuff to podcasts. I started learning from Stuman and, and other people that I was watching on YouTube. And even that I didn't understand what they were saying, he was attracted to me because he was completely different. I was never a reader in 2006, in 2017 is when I decided like, man, I need to start reading. I need to start educating myself. And without even noticing, I just started reading books. I started to find like some self-development books here and there and without knowing what I mean, without having, like, a plan or, like, a vision of, like, oh, my, my God, my life can change and all that stuff, something in me started changing subconsciously. Like, like I started, like, man, I don't want to go out anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be partying anymore. Like, I don't even feel good getting drunk anymore. There's something that I need to change. Shit, I'm fat. I need to fix this, you know? Like, yeah. yeah. so I feel like I can do better, and it's... It's, it was a process that started just like that, you know. And then eventually, I found myself like, like in networks and paying for mentors and and doing some other stuff. And then it's, it's been a process, you know.
0: I love that. What would you tell that younger version of yourself?
1: Stop fucking things up. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, Super
0: motivational.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, uh, to the younger version of myself, you know, I. That's a hard question because um because
0: would you have listened what did you need to hear because it seems like everybody told you the wrong things instead of looking what you're good at and saying hey you should be an entrepreneur since you know you don't like being told what to do you're independent you know that they weren't seeing that they were seeing like you don't fit into the school mode of here's the right answer memorize it and regurgitate it (laughs) like you know they so what did you think you needed to hear at that time
1: you know probably something along the lines of like you're different. So don't worry about what everybody else says. Just do whatever you feel like doing, like like whatever your instinct is telling you you need to do. Go and find the answers, probably. Like, probably the, the best answer would be like, I know what you're thinking. Don't just think about it. Go and search the answer for those questions that you have that you don't understand yet.
0: Mm, I like that. and And because with that becomes... Uh, with that comes in a level of accountability and Mm -hmm. responsibility. I think when you do, when you do the work, (laughs) I love it. You know, I love just saying do the work, um, which uh, my yoga teacher says a lot. So I love that. Hey, totally off the beaten path here. Are you going to send your daughter to public schools?
1: Oh, fuck no. (laughs) (laughs) Are you guys going to homeschool
0: or private homeschool? Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. Homeschool
1: or whatever. I don't know, but I'm not going to allow my daughter or any of my future kids who would decide to have more to be part of this system.
0: Yeah. No yeah. way.
1: They're becoming part of this either. system. And I know I that people that. are like, well, so how are they gonna socialize? I don't want <laughs> my kids to be friends with your kids. No, because,
0: I know. That's the point.
1: That's the whole point. Like <laughs> oh, that exactly. is like why do you want me to get my kids to hang out with your kids when look at your life is falling apart? Hell no. Yeah. Don't worry about it. She's gonna be fine. She's gonna yeah. be a she's, she's, she's gonna be I know she's going to be smart but no no way. You know because I know it's hard for people to understand this. I know it really is but I mean everything that we're seeing right now is something that has been happening for decades. Yes. It's it's, it's it, is, it is it is it is this is the result of a work that has been that they've been working for so long. And the reality is that even for people in our age, right? That they're trying to be entrepreneurs and all that stuff. How to break through a lot of limiting beliefs because it's like, like they're conditioning to this, right? They're conditioning, they're conditioning you to believe that if you don't go to college, you're never going to be successful. If you don't do this, you're never going to be successful. You have to find a nine to five job and you need to work until you're almost dead so you can retire. And like, like all that is conditioning, you know? And when, when you get into the self development side of life and you start investing in yourself, when you start, by like questioning things and, and reading different things and start going other direction, not the narrative, right? What everybody else is going. And then you start opening your mind, you start seeing these things, you know, and it takes time. It is, it is a process. It takes a lot of time because I mean half of our lives we've been conditioned to believe these things, you know? So it is a hard process, but it's something that is required for you in order to see the reality, you know? And because I, that's, that's one of my, that was one of my greatest limiting beliefs at some point. It's like, man, I need to go to college, but I didn't want to go to college, you know? But then now when I see my life, it's like, man, I'm glad I didn't go to college, you know? I'm glad I didn't get involved in a bunch of other stuff because I wouldn't be here, you know? And I mean, a lot of people think that I'm, I'm, I'm full of shit or whatever, but I do consider myself a free man because I don't respond to nobody. I don't answer to anybody. I do my own shit. And, nobody can stop me pretty much with God.
0: I love that. Okay, last question regarding the show anyways. um, what's your, what's your message then? What's your message to people? Um, What do you want them to hear and know?
1: Well, there are several things, you know. First of all, I'm just like you. Freaking just go hard and do the work, you know. Because at the end of the day, like I was sharing part of my story, right? If I wouldn't decided to Battle myself, first of all, you know, I wouldn't be here. And I gave myself that opportunity. I get myself the benefit of the doubt. It's like, man, you can be something else. You know, you can be a different man. You can probably be someone who can build something meaningful for your life and whoever you decide to do life with. So first, give yourself the opportunity and the benefit of the doubt. Invest in yourself. Do the work. You mentioned something about the 90 10%, right? If you want to change your life, it's all in the tedious shit that nobody wants to do. You know, that's the reason why many people don't do it. That's the reason why you see so many weak people out there on social media now being lazy and fat and broke and all that stuff, because they're not willing to do what it takes. And they believe that it's easy, it's never easy. And then if you decide to make that to take that decision, make that decision to say, okay, let's 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 invest, it's not gonna be easy. That's something that a lot of people is not going to tell you. All these stupid gurus are going to tell you, it's going to be easy. Take your self-care day. Mm -hmm. You have to rest. You have to take care. No, (laughs) fuck that. It's going to be hard and it's going to be a big battle. And when you go to battle, you don't have the time to have a self-care day. I'm not telling you don't take care of yourself. Obviously, take care of your diet, sleep well. But if you do all these things right, if you find the rhythm for every day of your life, you're not going to need your self-care day and, and, and indulge in all this shit that is only making you fatter and stupid, you know? So that's, that's bullshit because this life is not easy. Life is not easy. It's nice. It's amazing. You can have a great time in this life, but it's not easy. It's going to require everything of you. If you want to succeed, if you want to make money, it's going to require every single thing of you. I don't know how that looks like in your life. For me, it looks like this 10 years of process and in, in a journey of experiencing a bunch of shit that ever in my life I thought I would experience, but this is what brought me here. And now that I understand that, I push myself even harder. I don't care how painful it is, you have to go through it. And that's the only way. And the last thing that I can tell you, don't put a plan and say, okay, I'm going to do it for the next 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. No, there's no finish line for this. You have to be all in until the last breath. That doesn't mean that your life is gonna be the same work every single day until you die no when you're gonna be older it's gonna be different That's why you have to build your life by design not 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 live your life by default. The default is just work, get a degree, go to the nine to find a job, pay bills, and die that's the default. The design type of life is where you can decide how do you want to live your life how do you want to spend the next ten decade the ten the, the next sorry the next ten years the next twenty years where your life is going to look like in 30 years, where you're going to be in, in, in when you're 60, 70. You get to decide that. But you have to work for it every single day. That's why I always say, you know, at the end of my every post, I like, have to work hard and live hard. Like you have to live with everything yeah. you have. Like, fuck it. Like take the risk, like invest the money. What's the worst thing that can happen? You're going to lose it? We all have lose money. You can always make it again, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like you
0: believe, yeah. If
1: exactly. You, you have to go hard on it and start, start making excuses. Like mm-hmm. my pastor says like, Being fat is hard, but getting fit is also hard. Being married is hard, but getting divorced is hard, too. Being out of shape is hard, but being in good shape is hard. Eating well is hard, but not eating well is hard, too. So just choose your heart, you know? You can choose your heart. There's a thing. Mediocrity is hard. Doing the work is hard. The only difference is that mediocrity is going to make you miserable. Working hard is going to make you somebody.
0: They'll, oh i love it i love it pedro you're a wise man and we have a lot to learn from you and then our podcast is not enough time uh where can people find with uh find you connect with you online
1: um just uh pedro Meneses. on i only have facebook and instagram i don't i don't mess with any other social media i realized this year that i don't need to so Kind of like um, walking away from social media a little bit, too. It's good to have a VA so they can yeah. post everything for me. <laughs>
0: yeah, I would yeah. love that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh I'm tired gosh. of it, you know, I'm so sick of it, too. Like, I, I think we're going to, I think people is getting tired of social media, you know, and and I think there's there's a change happening right now, you know, and I think we're going back to like business out of social media, I believe.
0: Okay and I've so, been saying this for years and people are like you're crazy they think that they they like I lose credibility in their mind because I don't I'm not all about social media and thinking that that's the only way to build a brand and and I've been saying it for years I'm like it's it's so saturated and it's going to be so much harder yeah. to break through the clutter and businesses and brands and people are going to have to find other ways and we're going to go back to those old school traditional ways and that's yep. the part of marketing that I love and anybody who listens to my show probably Already knows that they definitely know i hate <laughs> socials so uh, i love that you say that because everyone else thinks i'm nuts when i say that but
1: yeah figures. no i feel i feel it you know so but yeah i mean pedro Menez, or you can just go to pedro that that's a there's a link there for my social media calendar podcast all that cool. stuff
0: cool and i'll put that in the episode notes anything else you want to share with the audience today
1: no just do the work do the you know? work i love it stop make stop making excuses
0: i love but, it. Well, Pedro, yeah. thank you for your time.
1: Absolutely. No, thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to my mom's podcast.